Hey everybody, it's John. I wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Over there on Patreon, Mitch and I discuss subjects concerning movies and television and just about anything else we want to talk about. So uh, if you want to come over there, you can subscribe for $2 a month for one episode or $5 a month for every episode at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short controlled bursts. I'm John Engel. And I'm Tom Taylor. And we're here to discuss Minute 60 of Aliens, which begins with Hicks examining an empty egg, and it ends with a surprisingly alive cocooned human saying, please. Hey, you did it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm good at this. And it... And it is done. That's the last time you have to do it, Tom, until, you, until the last crusade. Please kill me. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's what, basically this woman's reaction at the end of this minute is you during Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, minute 120. Yeah. She heard yeah. that she had to listen to us do that. <laughs> Please. Poor lady. Poor, Poor Tom. Lady. Tom, thanks again. For, you have been here all week long. I have been. All week long, and you're, that's, you're a real trooper. Well, thank you. No, it has not been a trial or a hardship at all. It's been great. Great. And Joe Maisel, are you still here? Are you there? I am am still here. And I, too, have been a real trooper, just like the Iron Maiden song. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You're a couple of regular colonial Marines of podcasting. (laughs) Just call me Apone. (laughs) I am ready to get it on. (laughs) (laughs) This game Uh, is finished. (laughs) I've reached the end of this game. Fellows. <laughs> Tom, you are just too much of a badass. <laughs> right on. Right on. Right on. All right, so we we're kind of getting more we're getting more inspection. We're getting more discovery in this little chamber a little of horrors inspector that we're in. detector. That's right. And what what do we find? The first first thing we find in this minute is some crunchy face huggers. Yeah. They're real crunchy. They're all dried up and crunchy. Now, refresh my memory, John. Do we see the residue of facehuggers in Alien? The residue of facehuggers? Well, I mean, like, crunchy. You know, the dried the up leftovers. Post, mean like, post-embryonic uh, facehuggers. I think the only facehugger... You know, we get the one that falls from the ceiling onto yeah. Ripley, but it's pretty freshly dead, mm-hmm. right? You kind of get the sense that, like, yeah, I think that these crunchy guys that we see here, I think that tracks with, uh, I think that one in Alien would, would end up like this guy in another hour yeah. or so. Yeah. If they do, if he wasn't put into, you know, like, a jar. Yeah. Right. Right. But, like, yeah. they deliver their seed, and then they're done. Yep. And they and then they, you know, basically turn into, like, a uh, what we used to call crunch bugs when I was a kid, those... Uh, <laughs> What are the cicadas? Are the cicadas? I'm so stupid about bugs, I guess. I forget what it is that leaves their shell like stuck on no, the side yeah, of the wall. Cicadas. But I saw one yesterday. Cicadas, yeah. right? And I used to love those things. That's basically what's going on here. Of course, it's not something leaving its shell. In this case, it's just you know, facehugger rigor mortis or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, these are little crunchy, crunchy crab-like guys. It's pretty. It's kind of gross. Again, all of this was really when the first time I saw aliens – and I, and you know, everybody's probably tired of me saying it. I saw aliens before I saw alien, but 
all this was really disturbing and gross to me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and rightly so. Yeah. You had the right reaction. I think so. And then, you know, at the time, though, I was just like, oh, that's gross. Oh, sick. But now as an adult and having seen this movie a lot and having talked about Alien incessantly for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about the scenario that went down in here. The yeah. sequence of events that led to all this refuse that's lying about empty eggs and crunchy face huggers. Right. What do we think went on here? Like, Tom, do you have a scenario in I, mind? I'm, I was trying to come up with one. One thing that I keep getting tripped up on is I know it in this universe apparently it didn't happen. But I keep thinking about the Dallas scene in Alien, the cut scene where she finds him in a cocoon. Which is a lot, the more I think about it, it's a lot different from these cocoons. Because, for one thing, these people are all in like, they look like they got like hit with a freeze ray or something. And they're like in a, you know, they're all in in sort of horror poses. They're like, they got their hands up. They're like, Mm -hmm. they look like they're trying to block something or something like that. Like something happened in that instant and they got frozen like that, cocooned like that. Mm -hmm. But in Alien, which which never happened apparently, Dallas is like... He's just sort of in it. He's like, he's just kind of, he's, he's, he's sort of dead like, and he's, and he's in this thing that's sort of taking him over. And it, and it seemed like, it seemed like those cocoons turned into eggs. Am I making that up? That that's how the eggs were sort of formed. Like it looked like, uh, like, uh, Brett was further along and he was sort of turning into an egg, wasn't he? That, that, you know, this are, I think there are a bunch of different interpretations, right? Yeah. For, for how, because Alien doesn't go to the trouble, um, and I think for a good reason, mm-hmm. it doesn't go to the trouble to try to explain where these things came from. So yeah. people all started coming up with their own ideas about what the alien's motive is. You know, some people are like, oh, they just want to eat the people. And other people are like, oh, no, they want to turn them in, these people, into right. eggs. And so if that's the case, I've heard that theory before. If that's the case, then that's what we're talking about here, right? Like they got a bunch of of colonists. They cocooned them, turned them into eggs. The facehuggers came out, facehugged some other colonists. See, that's the Uh, part that's weird. Yeah. The cycle of it all is a little confusing. I almost wonder if these cocoons are simply to incapacitate people. Yeah. And then they get face hugged, and then they can't do anything about it until the you know until it's too late, and then they get chest bursted, and then you well, get a new alien. You know, later in this movie, you know, uh, spoilers for the end of this movie, we find out that there's a there's <laughs> Wait, a queen. This movie lasts below, lasts beyond sixty minutes. It does. It's more. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. I hate to break it to you. You don't get to talk about those minutes, but except for today. Okay. Um. We have a queen, right? These aliens mm-hmm. have a queen. So much like, you know, the mysterious Borg in in Star Trek the Next Generation, we had no idea what they you know, where they really came from or how they came about. Yeah. They decided to explain it with a queen. You will right? not the queen be surprised, of the John, that I had that note that I was gonna mention the Borg <laughs> Queen. And how I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Borg Queen, and I'll say right now I'm jumping way ahead, but you started jumping way ahead, I'm just piggybacking on you. I'm not a fan of the of the alien queen. For kind of this reason, uh, it, uh, you know, alien happened and you kind of didn't know what the hell was going on. Yes, yep. it was killing people, but why? And what what happens to them? And even if you leave in the Dallas scene, you're like, what is going on? Oh, my God, poor Dallas. Like, it sounded like you guys didn't like that scene. I love that scene. 
I it, like that it, scene. It, it kind of it, it, it trips up the rhythm of the movie the, and the pacing, but there's something deeply, deeply creepy and disturbing about that scene. Just the it, sounds of it and everything. Oh, it's just weird. It absolutely destroys the pacing of that sequence. <laughs> it does, but it's like it doesn't a even cute. look maybe, like it's in the same movie. Yeah, maybe don't cut it back into the movie, but just have it there as a thing that happened. I mean, something. as a short film, I guess it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in but, its own way, it's cool and crazy. But I, yeah, I, I prefer that. I, I this is I'm, I'm going to plant my flag in a big, cool new theory that I have that less is more. That uh, you know, that not Wait, knowing what? stuff, that having a big mystery, that like having tantalizing and infuriating questions unanswered is awesome, and it never looks like a giant queen like laying right. eggs and stuff. Joe, what what do you think uh, about all this? Like, first of all, what do you think about the scenario that must have gone down here, uh, <laughs> given the information that you do have? And how do you feel about the alien queen? Okay, or the board queen for that matter. <laughs> Hadley's hope. Square dance. Okay. Uh, that's really all I got. Oh, okay. I, I see. Um, <laughs> Colon square dance. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of the alien queen, and I'm, I apologize for being a little bit quiet there because I was really digesting it because I never really thought about how I felt about the alien queen because aliens came out when I was, what, 11? Mm-hmm. And therefore it's just, well, there's the alien queen. That's the thing. Right. Yep. Um, and yeah, I have it, you know... Upon reflection, my problem with the alien queen is that she's a little too smart. Yeah. Like, I like the thing about alien, uh, the thing about the xenomorph and alien, and the thing about the, I guess we can just call them the drones in aliens, uh, is it's kill, survive, and those are its basic instincts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Kill, survive, propagate. And then when you have um, the alien queen holding Newt hostage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'll it, get you, Ripley. Exactly. It, it gets to be, I, I don't know, she gets to be, I mean, it, she's menacing. Um, you know, it, I would say it keeps the bug analogy. But at the same time, does it keep the bug analogy? Or is it that I saw aliens and I was 11, so I always made the bug analogy? No, it's there. Oh yeah, no, um, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it? I mean, is it there because it's there in Aliens, or was it also there in Alien, or was I retroactively applying it to Alien? Because uh, I also might be part of what I don't like before. about it is it makes it too like kind of Earth entomological. It's like, oh yeah, it's laying eggs like those creatures you see on National Geographic and stuff. Whereas well, Alien that, is like, oh my God, what's going on? This is yeah. oh. It's well, an egg it. that launches a creature that shoots that shoots it's like an embryo into a human incubator. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so many weird steps. And yeah. even though, like, even though some of those things can be found in nature, not all of those things in one, but they all kind of like, like, there is an internal logic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah, the facehugger itself, just the design of it. It's a very Giger esque yeah. idea of that it contains parts of everything, right? It's got a snake for a tail, it's got. Uh, you know, kind of a crustacean appearance. It's got a spider, like insect appearance. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like it's saying it's everything. Don't try to lock this thing down into <laughs> one category. Yeah. So just by design, that's what the facehugger seems to represent. And then with the xenomorph or the alien, as you'd call it in during Alien, uh, it's like something you've never seen before at all. Outside mm-hmm. of its bipedal nature, 
yeah. the fact that it has a little bit of man in it, but that feeds into the horror of the fact that, that it was made for man. It's Cain's son, right? So mm-hmm. that's all that's so horrifying. It's like fits so perfectly into the idea of a horror movie. But now to, to sort of, I can't talk too much about the alien queen. Obviously that's much later. I know. Yeah. We but ruined but to me, the, just like the, the idea, the thematic ideas behind this movie, the fact that this movie isn't a horror movie, that it's a much more straightforward sort of narrative makes all of it work a lot better for me than, than apparently it does for, especially you, Tom. I don't know, Joe, if you really said you didn't like it necessarily, but yeah, it's hard for me to qualify because it's just always been there for me. You know, I mean, it's, I just saw it when I was too young, you know, um, and again, like you, I saw it before uh, I saw aliens before I saw alien. Uh, so it is just really hard for me to like completely, I, I don't know. It's like saying I don't like Darth Vader. Right. You know, it's just like, well, he's there. You know, I don't really have a choice about it. I, I, I chose to like this thing. So I like this thing within this thing. Hmm. Well, I don't know if you'd remember this specific thought, but you probably did think when you saw Alien for the first time, when Kane made his way into the egg chamber there and started walking around, you probably, at least in the back of your mind, were like, oh, the queen laid all these eggs because you saw Aliens first. I did. And I thought that's how it worked. I was like, I see. She's laying eggs. Oh, okay. And then so when I saw Alien, I was like, there was a queen here at one point. And I've never had any way to think of it any differently mm-hmm. so to me the queen again yeah always been there i appreciate it i appreciate that it's again another escalation it escalates the uh adversarial nature of the alien so it's not mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like it might have gotten kind of tired had they tried to do a big action movie where it's just a bunch of xenomorphs running around mm-hmm. uh being menacing and there's there's an army with no head you know like you kind of need a head to chop off for a movie like this especially a military movie you know you're trying to capture the flag or whatever, however you want to put it. There's got to <laughs> yeah. be something new. There's got to be something new to defeat. Yeah. And then uh, obviously the idea of her kidnapping Newt and everything is uh, all fits into the, to the maternal themes that are in this. And uh, anyway, again, I can't talk about it too much, I guess, <laughs> but um, yeah, in my mind, you know, okay. Taking all those things into consideration, what ha- must've happened in this little chamber, this area they're in must've been right. That, that, you know, the, God, I mean, it all starts with, uh, if, if you're watching the director's cut at least, it all starts with Newt's dad gets face-hugged at the derelict ship, just like Kane, right? Yeah. And then that must have, like, planted a face-hugger that then escaped, that, fa- that or, uh, sorry, planted a chestburster that burst through his chest, escaped, started killing people, and somehow a queen got involved and started laying eggs all over the place because they find all these eggs all over the place. It's all very strange. Yeah. I'm not sure how it could happen. And, and to me, Tom, your theory about the eggs being formed from the people as weird as that is kind of makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Like how these eggs got here. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's weird that there's the cocoon, there's a face hugger and there's an egg all in one spot. That's that, that, that doesn't track with what we would. Th- it's just like, Hmm. I don't know. I mean, so the room that we get later in the movie where we see the queen, where she finds the queen and she's laid all these eggs that you yeah. get with that big pullback shot. Um, she must have used this room for that at some point, right? Maybe she moves around. I don't know. Maybe at some point that she was in here laying eggs yeah. that were birth, you know, that face huggers were coming out of, or maybe this was the first place she did it. And the queen was in there, and the, everybody, the colonists were all like, well, the only thing we can do now is kill that queen. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow they knew about it, so they tried to go in there, and I don't, I don't know. It's probably best not 
thought about too much. <laughs> yeah. Like we're doing right now. Well, it would make sense is if the, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it would make sense if the queen, I, I hate saying this because I don't want to think of the queen being an alien, like around the corner or something, but that she was <laughs> in the, in the derelict ship the entire time with the huge room full of eggs and stuff that we found an alien. And that yep. that's where that scene happens like later on with Newton rescuing her and stuff. But then I don't know. I just keep thinking like, okay, there's this huge mass of people, you know, in this one spot under the nuclear reactor and stuff. And is that, did they do that with like the entire, like after things went crazy, did they collect everybody and just, you know, cocoon them all at once? Like, is this, is this the bulk of the, of the colonists that they've just found? I think it's everybody, right? I mean, yeah. when Hudson Hudson finds their all their uh, tracking devices, they're all. He basically says it looks like everybody, so I yeah, think it is yeah. everybody. Everybody that at least uh, you know didn't get completely demolished or somehow. Yeah, I'm sure some people died in some other ways, but yeah, yeah. It's but then a pretty horrifying concept. It is, and we find out later that I think it's later that we. You know, they have some face huggers, like like samples, like you know, mm-hmm. exhibits. Almost, you know, that, that there's study, like things had to have had. There's a point between the the first, you know, Newt's dad getting face hugged and everybody getting taken and cocooned. There was some period in there where there were people operating. They knew what was going on. They they you know there was an epidemic going on and they were trying to study it and and get on top of it and stuff. But it's mm. really hard to to you know track how. How exactly that played out could be that the company uh, told them, no, now that you found this, we need you to investigate further. And the science department got a little out of hand, started bringing yeah. eggs on board, letting them, letting them hatch, oh, maybe, grabbing yeah. the face huggers. Who knows? I mean, I, I mean, guess the whole... I'm sure, I bet you anything out there somewhere, there's the story. I, and yeah. I'm not going to look it up. I'm sorry. Right. This isn't that kind of show where I'm going to like read every comic <laughs> book or right. anything like that. But. Just because I started a podcast about aliens doesn't mean I'm going to be a goddamn expert on the fucking thing. <laughs> Come on, people. I'm, I mean, I'm not. To me, this show, I approach this show as a guy watching this movie, yeah. this one movie. Yeah. And then analyzing basically the storytelling of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be an expert on everything about aliens. And right. sometimes I know that frustrates some of the listeners who expect that, but I can't help what everybody expects. I mean, this show has always been conversational analysis of the screenplay and the filmmaking and that and the performances and so on, not mm-hmm. exploration of the whole world. Yeah, but, I pick up what you're laying down. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I'm, I am thinking about the scenario. Maybe it does sort of make sense that there's an egg and a face hugger and everything. And people are yelling at me. I can hear them yelling at me that it makes total sense. But if you have a person there and they're cocooned, and if the cocoon is just to have them incapacitated so they don't kill themselves like Ripley does in three spoilers. But like, you know, you cocoon them, you face hug them. And then as we see soon, you know, the chest burster comes out. So you would have like an empty egg there and you would have some dead face huggers there and then the alien you know comes out as the wormy guy and then grows up and lives his life and probably goes and does the same thing to the next people if there anybody left so maybe that does kind of this this pile of of alien artifacts maybe that does kind of make sense i mean you know if i have it right i don't know i you know it it does make sense because whatever happened made this happen you know we (laughs) don't know what it was so you can just go, yep, whatever happened here, this is the <laughs> result of it. So all you can really make sense of is the result. Yeah. And, and you know, whatever happened here happened. So, I mean, I like the idea, you know, maybe I'm, 
Maybe it is the case. Now I'm thinking, like, do they all the people have like eggs in front of them? Because that would kind of make sense if everybody oh. had their own egg like sitting in front of them. Everyone that was cocooned, it'd be like, yeah. oh my god, how horrifying! Like, you get captured by an alien, you get cocooned, yeah. you wake up, yeah. you look down, and there's this egg that then just like jumps out at you. You get yeah. face hugged for a while, then it falls off. And then you're just like in this horror show right. until somebody finally lifts your head up. You open your eyes with uh. a big musical musical cue. <laughs> and that cue is really on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I, yeah, I, I definitely have notes about that, that in the commentary, James Cameron talks about how much he hated that, that cue that <laughs> I forget. The, what, what, why am I not uh, thinking of the word co- for it? Oh, the sting. the sting. Sting. Thank you. Sting. And he hated it and hated it and hated it until he put the whole scene together. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you kind of have to have that big moment. When her opening her eyes has when to James really. James Cameron, master of cinematic su- uh, subtlety, hates something that's <laughs> on the nose. He, he, he literally <laughs> said it was over the top. When uh-huh. it's in your nature to destroy yourselves, thinks that something's a little <laughs> bit too obvious. When, when calling an element unobtainium. Oh, my God. You know what? Can I say something? We were talking uh, in the green room about uh, some other Cameron movies. Mm-hmm. I pride myself that with Avatar, I finally got smart and said, I know I'm not going to like this movie. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to see this movie. Just because it's like a big summer blockbuster thing, I'm not going to go see it because it's going to piss me off and I'm going to hate it. And I haven't seen it to this day. And I also haven't seen Batman versus Superman for the same reason. Well, you know, the, genius. The only way you would ever want to watch Avatar is in the theater. Like, that's the only enjoyment you're going to, I think. And Tom, yeah. I know you, I think I know you well enough, just having <laughs> talked about movies with you a lot, yeah. to know that the same is true for you. You yeah. might have gotten a little pleasure out of the cinematic experience, maybe. Maybe. I kind of did. I kind of did. There were things about it that went, I went like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. This is pretty <laughs> fascinating. The three, the 3D thing where I, I hate 3D for the most part. Yeah. I was like, you know, in this movie, it's kind of it has an effect. It actually kind of works. It's kind okay. of immersive. But outside of that, it's like Gravity. Gravity, I thought, was yeah. a so-so movie, but it was a really great experience in the theater. Sure. I, w- I don't think I'll ever see it again because mm-hmm. unless the IMAX right. puts it out and I want to take my kid to see it, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. But some movies are like that, and I think that's great, actually. I think it's really cool. Like Dunkirk, you know, I, I've, I've seen it a couple of times in the theater now. I doubt, I seriously doubt if I ever watched that movie at home. I just don't yeah. think that there's anything. It's a fine movie, but it's really a cinematic experience, and I think it's kind of cool that we still have those things sure. that aren't aren't for home viewing, that you really got to go to the theater to get the experience. So um, I give James Cameron that. I don't really like Avatar very much either, and I definitely am not like excited for any sequels. But at the same time, he is providing that thing. He is giving, he's doing that thing that they were doing with the road shows and the cinemascope in the fifties when they were scared of TV. It's yeah. like we needed a reason for people to go up, get up, and go to the movie theater and not kill that experience. I think that it's really important that we have that because people don't re- people don't realize now that you're always getting a better experience in the movie theater as long as the people around you are cooperating. Right, um, right, right. You still are always getting a better experience. You're still seeing a different movie because yeah. I've I've seen movies that I've seen a hundred times at home, and then I went to the theater to see it, and it was a completely different movie to me. Oh, sure. No, and just so, the, the scale. Sub- the scale is submersive. Yeah. And it, and it can like make things st- stand out to you. 
Like mm-hmm. I saw Yojimbo. My favorite movie ever is Yojimbo, mm-hmm. and I'd never seen it in the theater until Criterion and Janus Films like struck a new print and it made the rounds and it came to the Tivoli Theater in Kansas City. I went and saw it with a packed house. I'd never seen it with more than like two other people in the room, and it was the f- one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I was like, I didn't even think about this movie as being really funny. <laughs> it's hilarious though, and I knew it, and it kind of stuck out to me because of the crowd reaction because. Of yeah. the size, the facial expression. That movie so much about facial expressions, the humor of it, and so on. Anyways, so we're getting way on a tangent here, but <laughs> James Cameron, I give him a lot of credit just to kind of bring it kind of back to Aliens. I give him a lot yeah. of credit because he creates cinematic experiences every time. His, yeah, that's but if what you never want to see it again, except that when it's big, that yeah. seems like a like a. Uh, it's a pro- it's not, it's a failure in one sense, but if you got something out of it in the theater experience, yeah. then it was a success in that sense. I all mean, right. if that's all he's going for, then then there you go. It's well, if that's all he's going for. Then shame on him. I mean, that's that's a waste of well, time. Well, it doesn't. That's, he doesn't. He's not interested in storytelling anymore. I don't yeah. think that's why <laughs> Avatar is a real cookie cutter script. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could. I mean, it's literally a couple other movies kind of mashed together, you know, yeah. and classic stories that he just kind of follows beat by beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are probably screaming at me for saying this right now. <laughs> There's probably some people like, oh, you're not thinking about the part where it all... But I, <laughs> no, to me, it's just like, it's all there, but he's he's there to create the spectacle and that's that. And as a screenwriter, I'm offended by that. Like I, I, I'm like, if <laughs> yeah. you're going to do that, why not write a good script too or hire somebody else to write your script? Because nice. you're not as good as you used to be. Yeah. But... You know, he's the master of his of his world. He's going to do whatever he wants. He's like, you know, George Lucas was with the prequels, or you can name yeah. other people. What, how Stanley Kubrick was with his um, work, but he always strived to make it perfect in every way. You know, right. so that's where Kubrick stands out against a lot of these other guys. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're getting way off track. From <laughs> but uh, Fridays always go off the rails a little bit, so that's good. And And I think people appreciate the extra textural discussion of film so cool sure indeed <laughs> actually that's all i i really don't have any more <laughs> to say about this minute anyway uh i'll just say that dietrich keeps touching stuff even though she's not supposed to well you know again i think she's, she's very the, tactile also though she's the one that should right if if anybody's so. going to inspect some at some point somebody should inspect these people i yeah. mean they're walking around with this assumption Mm-hmm. That they're dead, right? Yeah. Well, as a doctor, as a scientist, uh, I'm not saying she's exactly a doctor, but she's the be- the closest thing they have to it. Yeah. She's going to have to get some confirmation, yeah. right? But she could at least like ask a pwn or something. She could be like, "I know you said don't touch nothing, but can I touch? The, you know, I got I'm examining stuff. Is it okay?" Well, well she calls for him. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> they just do things in different order <laughs> they than do. we. I'm not a marine. I don't know how it's supposed to work. I admit that up front. Or a colonist. Or a colonist. Or, or a medic of any kind. No, no. Mm, yeah, we, we really aren't qualified to talk about this movie. I don't know who we think we are, that we're just... Uh, we're just all huge disappointments like to our parents. Yeah. Yeah. Never joined the Marines, we never got our doctorates. Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> we certainly did not go into space. No. Not yet. Still got a few years left. We'll see. All right. Well, <laughs> Joe, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. That's uh, what I'm here for. And I will be uh, talking to you more in the, the ABC Devo listeners. Uh, that's not what I meant to say at all. God, <laughs> I have such a hard time with these like outros. At the ABC Devo podcast, you at sure the, will. At the, we will be talking to each other 
about Devo a lot for the next year. So I'll I look forward to that. probably manage oh, yeah. to uh, slip in references to Yojimbo and The Good, the Bad, and The Ugly as well. Oh, maybe? Sure. Oh, yeah, there's going to be some of that down the line for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, Tom, we're gonna be, you're going to be there talking about all this stuff right with us. I will be, and I look forward to it. I've been having fun so far, and it's going to be a good year. You know, Devo. Tom, while you will be happy to talk about Diva with us, I bet there are one or two other things you talk about from time to time. Why don't you clue us in? If you catch me at the right spot at the right time, you can hear me talking about the Indiana Jones films at the Indiana Jones Minute. It's actually not the Indiana Jones Minute.com, but Indiana Jones Minute.com. You can hear me talking about Caddyshack and Woods Porn and uh, other things and uh, that the Pine Tar incident on Caddyshack Minute. And uh, you can find my book at IamTomTaylor.com or just on your Kindle. Just look it up. Uh, In memory of Todd Woods. Check it out. All right. And you can find Alien Minute as you always can at AlienMinute.com on Instagram. Right here. Right here where you're hearing it. Uh, AlienMinute.com. Alien Minute Pod is our Twitter handle. Alien Minute Podcast is our Instagram handle. I guess is what you call it there. And once again, got to give a shout out to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for coming up with this crazy, crazy making, honestly, uh, format. Like right now, I feel completely insane after talking about multiple (laughs) minutes throughout the week of Aliens. But, you know, at least I don't have to talk about Attack of the Clones. That's true. Thanks a lot for taking that bullet for all of us. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's going to do it for minute number 60. We are an hour into Aliens. We only have more than another hour left to go. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. Next meek. Hi. We'll see you on the next Joe Meek Hour. Will me? Will me seeks you next week for minute sixty-one. Sixty-one. Thank you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>